Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing how we lie on Tinder. Peter, you're on Tinder, so... Yeah, I guess, what, how are you lying on there? Yeah, so, well, background is I recently, in the last couple of months, became single, sadly, which is a shame. So, uh, uh, as a result, all of my uh, all of my sort of single friends are all advising me strongly to get on Tinder and other, other dating websites. Um, and so, uh, so it's something I'm considering doing. Uh, the, 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 uh, obviously, I don't do anything without thoroughly researching it first because good. I'm a good analyst. So That's what I, makes for I, a hot Tinder date as well. Uh, absolutely, anyway, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got, to, you got to overthink things before you take an action. So, I, I so I, I uh, so in my, in my, in my research, I stumbled across an interesting paper um, called "Deception in Mobile Dating Conversations" by uh, David Markowitz and Jeffrey Hancock, um, and they, they they conducted a study of uh, I think it was Tinder Tinder users um, and um, how they go about. Uh, conducting their conversations and how they present themselves on Tinder. So it was sorry, a study on themselves or a study on other people on it? A study of, on the other people. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so they got they, they had uh, two hundred or so users of Tinder and they uh, got uh, looked at their profiles, looked at the conversations that they were having with these people's consent, of course, um, and um, and uh, to, to to study how people miss represent themselves and how people sort of uh, lie when they're com- conversing with people they don't know very much and they ca- they, they 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 found that lie they, they decided that lies uh, the types of lie people tell fall into two broad categories one is about self presentation so that's sort of what photos you choose how you describe yourself and your your uh, and on your profile um uh Obviously, to you want to sort of, you, you want to present a more idealistic view of yourself. So that's what that's all about. And then the the other, which um, I quite like, the, the, they they use the terms butler lies. These are sort of polite lies that you use in conversation to to sort of uh, let people down gently or to manage your availability. So you might say things like, "Oh, my phone ran out of batteries," as an excuse for why you didn't message back instantly or, or, or to, to, to sort of manage people's um, expectation and things like that so um, yeah it's two two types two types of lie okay I mean um, the second kind we kind of do that all the time you know I'm always lying about that kind of stuff um, we know <laughs> yeah sorry I was late today by the way the, the phone on my the battery on my phone it ran down sorry about that um, so yeah, the um, and I guess the first one is sort of natural presenting, especially in a dating context. We want to in a, in a competitive dating context as well. I guess all dating is competitive, but um, want to present ourselves in the best na- possible light, right? Um, so I guess those that's what happens, and we can sort of and why is kind of almost self evident. Um, and I know we're, we're talking about how. Um, but beyond what you've said there, leading us in, Peter, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, well, yeah, there was clear, clear uh, trends in the types of lies people present, uh, sell to present themselves. So um, it's a, a clear distinction that men tend to lie more about their their height and their <laughs> occupation, 
uh, and possibly penis length, but they didn't mention that, than women do. Uh, and women tend to lie more about their weight uh, and have and go for more flattering images than uh, images that are less re- representative of what they actually appear like, appear like in, in in person. So males and females lied in about the same quantity. Is that right? Uh, they didn't. They didn't quantify it. Okay. I've got. I've got some. But what uh, they were lying about was was, uh, was, different. was was different. Okay. Go for gets have some data. Yeah, well, I mean, so obviously there is a lot of data. This is what's so great about, um, you know, online uh, activity is that it generates an enormous amount of data and as a result holds this uh, very unflattering mirror up to us, you know, to, to shatter what, you know, we might romantically believe is going on and shows us what really is going on, which is something which is very sort of primal, as you'd expect. Yeah, so Peter mentioned height. If you look at the height of... Uh, so OkCupid, I know, have done quite a lot of analysis of, of how this works. What's, sorry, what's OkCupid? Another one of these dating sites. Oh, it's dating. not like Tinder. I think it's more of one of these matching things where it finds you someone who it thinks is appropriate, whereas Tinder, it's just like a uh, get it where you can kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, men add on average two inches to their height. I thought you were going to say something else. Okay, and the interesting thing is that the uh, so so the reason they can find this out is you just map the height distribution of people on OkCupid, and assuming that they're drawn from the general population and not from example, you know, particularly tall people, there it's two inches to the right. Not only that, but there's a cluster, an unrealistic-looking cluster around six foot. So obviously, people are bumping if they're five foot eleven, they're bumping themselves up to six foot. Just before you, you interrupt, know, yeah. sorry, just sorry, just before you carry on to interrupt myself. Um, I think I lie about my height. I'm not on any of these dating uh, sites, I'm, I hasten to add. Um, in case you Just in case my wife's listening. Um, but I th- I always say that I'm six foot. I'm not sure if I am. I think I might be 5'11". But I, all my, since I was about 18, 17, I've always said, yeah, I'm six foot. Right, um, there we are. I'm six foot and half an inch, right? So the I think problem is if I say I'm six like... foot, it makes it sound like I'm just going along with everyone else and pretending to be six foot like you. I can't say six one. Right. So I always end up saying I'm six foot and half an inch, which sounds really lame. But it, it sort of, you know, you know, when they measured the height of um, uh, Everest and it turned out to be exact, exactly something like it was 20, 21,000 feet or something. It was like exactly right. And they were like, this is going to look really suspicious. <laughs> and so they, so they added about 20 feet to, really? it to make it plausible. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So the height is an interesting one uh, it, because, it, OK, it's very easy to sort of spot different uh, the di- differential between uh, OKCupid okay users and the general public there. Um, but the interesting thing when you look at whether it works, it does if you're a man, right? Now, women add inches to the height as well. So whether it works, what do you mean? Sorry. Oh, yeah. So unsolicited messages per week. So this is random users ah. getting in touch with someone they like the look of. Very, very clearly correlated with height. Uh, five foot men uh, got on average one unsolicited message every month. Uh, whereas men who were uh, s- sort of six foot and above are getting uh, more like one a week. Nice. So it works. Nice. It, it works. But with women, men don't like tall women, it turns out. Okay. So, yeah, to, if women who are six foot and over, it rapidly declines. So so men are scared of tall women. But it, be, below about 5'10", uh, it, it, there's no correlation between height and uh, and sort of unsolicited messages. Um, income. Uh, Peter talked about lying about job. Uh, people also lie about, again, using the same method of assuming that OK Cupid users are representative 
of their postcodes, which they know, uh, the uh, that that uh, income inflation becomes more important the older you get. So if you're people in their early twenties, tend to be honest about their income. Uh, but when you get up to the age of forty, so if I was on there now, I'd be inflating my income by about thirty percent on average. Wow. Men and women do the same uh, on that score. And then uh, Peter mentioned the thing about flattering photos. Yeah, if you look at uh, how old photos are. Um, the the that they, they on average are um oh you know about a year old or something the photos people use but the ones which are hot judged hot i think the ones which get lots of likes are on average older mm. so that tells you basically it exactly uh correlates with what what peter was saying um so we are lying about things uh on those dating sites and we're lying about the right things you know the things we lie about work I mean, the good news for the female population out there um, is you're going to be single. safe with Peter <laughs> that he's six foot six. Yeah, he, well, he has to lie to make himself less attractive. Yes. Because otherwise it's not fair to all the other it's, men yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, right. So uh, those are how pe- those are the ways in, ha- uh, in which people lie. Um, and it sounds like it works. So great, everyone should lie. Um, I guess it's also, it's a bit like a job interview. Um, a big part of success in actually getting a job is getting to the job interview right so you could say that once you turn up it turns out you're not six foot this is the foot in the door yeah you're five foot eight but it turns out you're really charming well i was thinking about exactly this yeah and and um i i wonder uh, i mean you can see that there are sort of psychological reasons why someone might uh having in already invested in making contact and arranging a date that at that point, uh, you know, that they they have more to lose by walking away. That actually, yes, they're going to sit it out. They're going to get a meal out of it. So it, <laughs> foot in the door probably works. Yeah. Probably works. But at that point, you've got to now be making up for those inches you lied about. So, so you, I think, I, I sort of feel like that's rational for people who do have, um, you know, who have a lot of perhaps personal charisma, which it's difficult to express in a digital profile. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it, well, that's one of the things that they mentioned in these, this paper and other related papers is that um, people expect to be lied to as well. Mm. So they expect a certain amount of embellishment, um, and so you, you they 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 already come to that date with um, uh, their expectations managed. So, but presumably there's a sort of there's a kind of upper cutoff on how much a person is willing to be lied to because assuming that assuming that they want some some degree of enduring relationship maybe it's only for a few dates maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's for a long time but they they when you when you're presented with somebody who said that they were six foot three and actually they turned out to be five foot eight you're probably going to think well okay that's that's totally ridiculous well unless you said you were five foot eight and you're only four foot seven (laughs) in which case yeah it's perfect yeah so maybe you're maybe you're maybe the maybe the waiting uh how much you can tolerate a lie is based on how much you lie yourself but you're gonna you're not gonna want to form a relationship with someone who is a really terrible liar and chooses to lie about the wrong things in totally extreme ways i mean you could also put yourself ahead i mean maybe there's another strategy you can have which you can go do you know what i'm going to be completely honest about the fact that i'm five foot ten that i earn x per year um and and okay you're going to get less of that volume but when you do get through to you know having your actual dates 
the person goes, wow, look, I mean, I come on here expecting, as you say, everyone to be uh, to lie, embellish a little bit. But this guy is exact or this girl is exactly as they said. This one's a winner. This well, one's do, a girl. How do you go about how do you go about proving that? How do you go about verifying it? Now, there is an interesting turn, date. turn up on the date with your bank statements. With you, you know? <laughs> well, well, you, but you need to do it beforehand. Otherwise, they're not going to if, you, if you're going for the honesty thing as being a selling point, then uh, they're going to need some way of verifying it. But no, there is a dating web uh, dating service. I forget which one, but you you the idea is you get endorsements from people you know. Mm. So the mysinglefriend.com. Is it my single friend? Mm. Yeah, so my single friend. So so when I'm so when when you're looking at people's profiles, you're not only looking at them them, but you're also looking at the types of people they hang around with or the types of people that are friends. So you get a lot more data about oh, wow. this person. Yeah, it's good, but that that is a good. I mean that that's that is a sort of thing where you think, well, okay, we're looking for things that are indicators here, you know, which are uh, which are hard to replicate, hard to cheat. Um and you know, let's be honest, I mean height and uh, looks are difficult. You know, they're difficult to hide. It's difficult to hide that in a in a profile pic. Uh, height perhaps more so, but the um you know, you can't you you can't as they say polish a turd. And but you, you can know, you're roll not, it in glitter. <laughs> I mean, so so I I think Fraser, your your theory about honesty is is a good one and well well intentioned. And in a world which was directed by Frank Capra, I think I could go along with that. But I, I mean, we're talking about a couple of inches, and 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 I suspect that by the time you've secured that date, um, you know, it, it, other factors are going to dominate at that point. You're stunning them and, with your and so the problem and... is if you're a man, if you are five foot eight, uh, and you you know you um choose to be honest. Well, you're going to be up against a bunch of people who are, you know, five foot four and lying about being five foot eight. Mm. But also you're doing yourself out of possibly, you know, one one message a week um, by, by by choosing that stance. And, and I think, you know, as with all these things, certainly as with with Tinder, it's a numbers game. Yeah. I mean, do you about... want to know the numbers on Tinder? I That's do. Scary. I'm also before you go into the numbers, I'd be very interested in, in successful outcomes. Well, as well. We, we need to talk about that. And what, uh, what is a successful? That outcome. is what we need to do next because yeah. that's a really a much harder question. But um, so the the interesting thing about uh, Tinder is uh, you, you, okay. So you you um, have a choice of sort of effectively yes or no. So we we you can they've done they've done studies where they take two people who are judged on average to be equally attractive, so sort of median attractiveness people, uh, created fake profiles and then just of swiped, each sex, or, yeah. yeah. So and swiped right for all of them and seen how many hits they get. So swiping right effectively is saying yes to everything, and you get told if anyone else has said yes to you. And uh, something like one in two hundred attempted matches, if you're a man, gets reciprocated, whereas something like one in ten for women. Now, what does it tell you? That um, women, it, it 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 tells you that uh, men are far less choosy, right? Basically, men are swiping right. Some combination of either the number of male users or the number of people uh, that they're looking at, right? So it might be that men are looking at twenty times more people because they're spending far less time on each profile. Um, but and then the probability of swiping right in the first place is basically twenty times higher for men. So uh, on average, basically, men send out 20 times more likes, uh, you know, than, than women do. Um, and, and I mean, that that more or less tells you that tells you almost everything you need to know about the way that male and female, uh, you know, d- uh, sort of dating and signaling works and, and exactly backs up what, what you would expect from uh, the evolutionary psychology. 
yeah i mean we could go on about evolution here and i mean which but we've, we've done it covered before. that before yeah, yeah so. um but as an aside i've got a great new embellishment for um peter he just needs to say that he's a woman and you immediately you're going to get a, a greater <laughs> success rate the, yeah. the, the, the 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 data is there if i relax my criteria for success then yes that would be great well, actually and i have to say it's even worse news because that one in 200 includes uh gay men and and bisexual men um which i think in this profile uh it indicated they weren't interested in so you've got to subtract uh them as well so it's probably more like we're probably looking at one in 400 one in 500 uh you've got to swipe 500 times to get one to hook one girl now peter what you swipe swipe once uh, swipe right once and got one hit i think (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually i'm developing a script so i can just leave my phone swiping itself you've got a little electronic finger which just goes in an (laughs) anti-compromise direction oh yeah i might make a mechanical version that'd be more more fun okay well look i'm really surprised to see that actually we're, we're quite far through this podcast already but you're right we need to talk about success rates yeah, success rates. So, um, I, I mean, I want—I don't know if you've got the data on this, Peter, but I, I want to know that. Well, where does this all lead? How is how is Tinder doing in setting up? I mean, how do you measure success? But let's say success is a couple get married. They meet on Tinder and they get married. For example, there are other ways we could define it, but is that data out there, or what data is there? Well, let's just uh, before we do. Although that, I guess we're not talking about the, the, um, lying anymore. But anyway, well, the, uh, yeah, yeah, you have to be, yeah, just carry yeah, on. I mean, the, the, the one's one's criteria for success will be very different from another. So Tinder is um, has all kinds of objectives on there. So people want uh, just just want to hook up. Mm. Uh, through to people want to find long term. That's what young people say when they mean bonking. Yeah, yeah, hook up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's there's a whole range of, of 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 things on there. There are other services which are kind of more geared towards different ends of that spectrum. What um, services within Tinder? No, no, so it's like like different dating. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay, Tinder's a bit of an outlier. Most dating services uh, rely on some sort of algorithm to match you to okay. people who they are judged. Which is just like what what was that one called uh, back in the back in the eighties? It was all telephone heart. Heartline or so. It was a. Uh, it was the one that everyone used. Blind um, date. No, Still it was. Back. It was. Uh, oh God, I can't remember now. But um, yeah, they had this sort of pioneering electronic matching system where they would find other people who were a bit like you, mm. on the assumption that that would in some way lead to um, you know a successful match. Now you're right, Fraser. The problem here is that we don't have the data. There, there is no. Um, it's a lot more uh, difficult to quantify this. Yeah, the, the only how you would have to do it. I mean, let's say you wanted to compare. Okay, look. First of all, there's no doubt that what it's doing is exposing you to more potential matches. That's a long way towards just being better right it's like if you want to find a good house you look at 100 houses don't just look at three right so so it's a priori we should expect this I've to got be some more anecdotal data on that so i i did a bit of back back of envelope maths and i worked out that i on average meet two new people every month two people i've never met before what in general yeah in... and a meeting is sufficient to have a conversation with so more than like just saying hello in the shop to an attendant or something is actually having a conversation for more than a minute or so we better get pizza Pete needs to get out more so the two so, two, so two people a minute so assuming that on average half of them are going to be women yeah. so that's sort of one one new woman a month and okay. then all of all the sort of types of women, you know, and whether or not they're going to be interested in me, the the chance of sort of meeting someone just at random, doing my normal doing my doing my normal dues is 
vanishingly small. It Peter, is. on average, he has to wait 650 years before he meets the perfect woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, essentially. That's uh, a good point. And I think one thing that, um, you know, being a small company uh, is uh, works, is, you're, you're already deprived of a huge pool because so many people meet their partners at work yeah. um, that, you know, we, in a small company, you're, you're already off to a loser. So I think Peter's using, as you'd expect, the right strategy technologically but but in terms of like okay let's let's say um tinder doesn't try to do this right particularly so tinder's a bad example but take take a you know some generic dating company where they claim to have an algorithm uh what what you so they match you with say 200 people uh in order to work out whether or not that is that's going to be more successful is you would have to look at the outcomes compared to being matched with 200 random single women um you know if you're a man uh, and I, I just can't find any study where someone's done that. Um, and in fact, most people are essentially quite sceptical uh, that matching on the basis of digital profiles works, simply because I think the key variables are just not the kind of thing that are capturable. You know, yeah. the, 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 you, once, you, know the, the, you can't distinguish between people meeting their perfect partner and getting married and having a wonderful life and dropping off the service versus people who just drop off the service because they're fed up with it or they, mm. they find another one. So Instead, not... I'm just wondering if the whole matching thing is, you know, I'm just wondering um, with my wife, with who, you know, I'm happily married. I hope she is as well. Um, I'm just wondering whether we would ever be matched because actually in many, many ways, we're completely different from right, each other. Right, precisely. So the, the tests that they've done, which are, again, experiments, which are quite... Uh, you know, they're not testing any particular algorithm where they people have tried to uh, produce matching algorithms, uh, sorry, sort of attempts to match people up on the basis of their reported characteristics to see if that works, to see if that's more successful. And they've done things like, you know, you, you uh, predict in advance which of your 200 experimentees are going to find a good match. And then they go on, you know, you have a speed dating component and you look at whether or not your predictions, whether or not you can predict based on that data who is going to end up liking each other and the, and from these experiments you can't right so the reported data that people get do not correlate with the outcomes into at a speed date that's all that tells you which is revealing i think but not that surprising i mean it, it, you know it sh- we shouldn't expect attraction to be that easily captured in um you know i mean but just based on anecdotal experience it, it's not capturable in uh, the kind, the kinds of things that are on uh, are going to be on a digital profile. I think, in as in in many things, the answer is AI, and to actually run this all through, be first run through these potential matches and actually play them out before Simulate we simulate an entire much, lifetime. Much of, as in yeah. Black Mirror, right? They one of my favorite episodes of that. They they did that. Do you do you recall which one? Which one is, is that? in the is, is in the last series? I can't remember which one it was, but um, you actually it's told from the point of view where you're actually going on a date and they do it and you get told oh this is going to be you're going to be with this partner oh, yeah. for it sort of says three months or yeah, something yeah or two years or six and actually what you don't realize is this is the app let's say actually playing through and spitting out um, yeah. what's the likely result before you actually meet the person um really nicely done as always in black mirror um so the 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 um okay cupid i think markovitz again uh had analyzed um the data on i think okay cupid and found that there are three the three um questions with the best 
ability to predict long-term um, relationship potential based on reported outcomes. So this is people who've gone back into OKCupid and say, now I'm going out with this person now, uh, you know, and then they can work out how successful they are broadly. These aren't particularly good. They're not great, but they're better than all other questions. If you had to boil down to three questions, okay? Um, so you, if you're ready with your answers, lads, mm. uh, do you like horror movies? Question one. Question two, uh, have you ever traveled around another country alone? And uh, C, wouldn't it be fun to chuck it all and go live on a sailboat? Wow. Um, So, uh, Fraser, give me the answers. What do you think my answers are? I reckon uh, you don't like horror movies. Stop being hard to get. Come on. I reckon you don't like horror movies, but you have traveled around another country alone. And I think you really do think it would be fun to chuck it all and live on a sailboat. You know me so well. I think we'd make a great. Am um, I right about match. the horror yeah, movies? Yeah, absolutely. You're right on all three questions. No, the yeah. horror movies thing would be a letdown, I'm afraid. So, uh, Peter, I, I'm, I'm going to answer Peter's. So, um, yes, he likes horror movies. Um, what was the second? Um, I think yeah, he definitely has been around a country on his own. Um, and the third one, let's chuck it all in. No, I'm going to say Peter. Well, he, he doesn't want to chuck it all in. You're wrong. I, know, uh, I, I, I think I'm, he's absolutely 100 percent wrong. I'm yeah. I, I'm not, well, wrong not, on every single one. Not fussed by horror movies at all. Uh, I have travelled on my own quite extensively, and uh, and yes, actually, why not? That's, you that's... and Fraser have a budding bromance, then. <laughs> uh, good. So you and Fraser are the are the incipient couple here, and I feel like a bit of a gooseberry. Get a room, guys, <laughs> yeah. with your with your hatred of horror films. Yeah. Um, look, we need to wrap things up. Actually, um, Peter, I feel the last word should go to you. Um, anything you want to say to sum it all up? Uh, you know, make it personal. Yeah, well, one thing. I mean, this is probably another podcast. This is uh, Tinder Part Two podcast. But the, the, what they didn't look at in this, these studies that I read about the lying on Tinder is to what degree those were conscious lies versus self-deception in order to present oneself. Uh, I, I drop, I'll do another drop of a book here. Brilliant book. Just finished it. Elephant in the Brain by Kevin Similar and Robin Hansen. Highly recommend it. They, they One of the things they look at, they talk about is self-deception and how much of the stuff that we do and think and say we are unaware of and we are lying to ourselves because it's easier to believe certain things and not let you it yourself in on things that you're actually believing and doing and saying. So, um, well, it's well, kind of like we've evolved plausible deniability. Exactly. Yeah. So they they use the, he uses the analogy. They use the analogy of your conscious self, the the, the 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 self that you're aware of that you think is in charge of everything, is actually more like the press secretary of the White House. So, his his job is to present. The, the, present yourself um, but actually there's loads of stuff going on behind the scenes that you're not aware of and in fact you don't want to be aware of because it make your job harder mm. okay cool. so that, that so yeah so so they don't so they don't look at they don't they didn't make the distinction between how much of the the lies were subconscious lies and when they when when the profile owner was asked about the lies you know why did you lie about your availability or why did you lie about your height had to what degree though their rationalizations were after the fact they were, they, they were just sort of making excuses for themselves got it okay uh, that's interesting um okay we're, we're gonna we're gonna stop there um but just before we do um just to sort of you know put the messes out there you know we've got peter he's um he's what he's about six foot six blonde six foot six blue eyed incredibly muscular smoldering 
highly intelligent, paid what about, I, I don't think it's breaking any sort of con- uh, confidence, about half a million a year, something like that, is that it's, right? Yeah, it's not far off. Okay, right, cool. Yeah. So, and he's available, and get him, snap him up before, you know, those other ladies do on him, Tinder or elsewhere. That's right, create a sense of artificial demand, that's, that's always <laughs> how you do it. Okay, uh, <laughs> thank you as always, you know, hot tamales, they're red hot, get them before they're gone. Um, so, yeah, thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast, I'm Fraser McGrew, we've been here with uh, Nick Hare and stud uh, Peter Coghill. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.